Well, for this morning, we're going to jump into uh, right away our scripture, and uh, you can follow along with it on the screen. And today we are in the fourth week of our series called Naming the Child. And this week we are talking about the title, Mighty God. So I invite you to follow along with this reading from John chapter 1. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The Word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this gift that we celebrate each year at Christmas time. The gift of Christ coming to this earth as, as we encounter Christ as a wonderful counselor, a prince of peace, an everlasting father. And then today as we reflect on Christ coming to this world as a mighty God. Lord, as we reflect on that God who stepped down as Christ stepped down from heaven to earth to become a child, to offer us grace and truth, may we this day experience your grace and truth in our lives. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, um, this past week there was a movie that came out. How many of you have seen Star Wars yet? All right. How many of you are planning to see Star Wars this week? Excited about it. How many of you could care less? Um, I noticed a couple of hands that shot up really fast. They don't see what the big deal is. But I I went and saw it yesterday. Um, And if you are a fan of Star Wars, I think that you will appreciate it. If you think it's lame, you probably won't appreciate it. But uh, I thought it was very well done, um, a, a very good addition to the series. But whenever I watch a Star Wars movie, I'm always mesmerized by the Force. And I don't know if you do this when you get home from watching Star Wars. I I struggle with this for a few days where I see the remote sitting on the table and I think, what if I could get the remote to come to me? And I I, I try it and it never works. Um, But it's incredible to watch the way in in the galaxy far away that um, the whole force dynamic works because it's, it's this incredible inner strength that they're able to pull from. And it's always fascinating to watch in the movies how the force interacts with this whole good and evil dynamic and this amazing strength dynamic and how um, the, the different characters on the dark side can pick people up and throw them from side to side and even control their thoughts with it. And I I was thinking about that as I was thinking about this whole idea of mighty God, and I started thinking about the different strength capacities that we have as human beings. And I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, I took a weightlifting class. Uh, It was one of those uh, easy physical education electives that um, a lot of guys would take. And, you know, one of the football coaches would teach it. Um, not, not real football coaches like Andy Woodard who uh, teach real classes, but some, some of the ones who, who taught just weightlifting, PE, uh, grunt classes, uh, health class, watch this video. Um, but there, there was a football coach that taught it, um, taught it. Uh, he was in there while we were working out. 
And I remember that I always struggled with a lot of the exercises because um, I've never been incredibly strong. But there was one exercise that I always excelled at, and that was the leg press. Because even though my legs are the length of mushrooms, um, they're about as wide as tree trunks. Um, And so I could get on the leg press, and I would just go to town. And so I would always rotate my way around where I ended my workout on the leg press because I was like, I want to end on a good note, something I can actually do. And so I I would make my way around to the leg press and I I would do the leg press and I would feel really, really good about myself. And I would make up these records in my mind for what the school record was and say, I probably came close to it. I did pretty good. And so I would do that and I would focus on the things that I was strong at. And those things would excite me. Um, Now I, I don't participate in any weightlifting classes. And so Um, This is the equivalent of me feeling strong. There's this jar that I can't get open. It's an out-of-date caramel topping from the church pantry, Um, and someone has given it to me because they are unable to open it, and I, let's let's watch this together. Y'all excited? Going to turn? It's actually really stiff. Um, But I have the strength, you hear that pop? That was nice. I should have pulled it up to the microphone. To get the caramel topping open is expired for all to enjoy. Um, And so for those of us who aren't exceptional in the strength category, we have to celebrate small victories over the jar of caramel topping. Or uh, those of us who are not incredibly athletic, we have to celebrate when the piece of paper manages to go in the wastebasket, even though we can't make a layup to save our lives. And so there are different things, different feats of strength that we celebrate in the very ordinary realm that we live in. But I've come to discover over time that there are certain uh, feats of strength that I'm not capable of. There are certain things that I'm not able to do. There, There are some physical things that I'm not able to do. When I played middle school football with Jeremy Hammock and Chris Higdon, uh, I played defensive end. Whoever thought that was a good idea, I would like to talk to them and have them explain it to me. But I remember uh, the last game of the season, I matched up against the left tackle, who's the biggest guy on the football team. And I was the shortest guy on the football team on the opposing side. And for some reason, I was playing matched up with him. And I just remember every single play was Oh, drive to the ground. Oh, drive to the ground. Oh, drive to the ground. And so there, there are some physical things that I have discovered over time that I'm just not good at. But there are also some deeper things that I've discovered that I just don't have the strength to do. When I look at situations like a friend of mine who went through a couple of years ago where one of his really good friends who was young um, struggled with a cancer diagnosis, Uh, I realized that within me, I don't have the capacity to take care of that. He had to deal with the fact that even in all of his strength and all of his intellect, he wasn't able to deal with that. As I look at some relationships that I've come across in my life, and I look at them and I go, I don't have the strength to put that back together. Um, As I've looked at different addictions that people have had, I'll say, I support you. I'm right here beside you, but I personally do not have the strength to deal with that. And so there are all these things that even with our capacity to do certain things, even with our capacity to have certain feats of strength that we can accomplish, there are some things that we realize 
we are not able to do. In the midst of our lives, every year we celebrate the gift of God coming to earth. And we celebrate that one who is not of this world stepped into our world and offered something that we did not have before. And as I thought about this whole idea of of the mighty God, I, I looked through Scripture and I looked through all the things that Jesus did and I realized that there were a few things that the mighty God does that I do not have the power to do. That Christ as the mighty God comes and provides strength over things that I personally cannot help. The first thing that I believe we see is that the mighty God provides strength over darkness. We heard that imagery in in the passage that I read earlier of the light coming into the world. Jesus echoes this again in John chapter 8 verse 12. He said, spoke to the people again saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I've always been mesmerized by by sunrises. And I, I remember Uh, being on Cadillac Mountain in Maine, which is the first part of of North America that sees the sun the first. So, very first place each morning that sees the sun in North America is Cadillac Mountain up in Maine. And uh, I just remember seeing uh, over this beautiful oceanic view the sun coming up and how it was completely dark, and everybody was shuffling up to, to watch the sunrise from this mountain with flashlights, and then it just seemed to be completely dark up there, and then all of a sudden something came up over the horizon, breaking through the darkness. Uh, a couple of Christmas Eves ago, I, I shared a story of um, one of my most bizarre experiences in the dark. I had a friend who uh, decided when we were down on Cumberland Island that we should go fishing in the middle of the night. And so we went out in a boat, and uh, he assumed that I had a watch, uh, and I did not have a watch. And so we get out there, and we realize that no one knew what time it was, and also no one knew what time the tide was going to change. And so we had gone out in this really small creek, made our way out into this big open space where we could drop down our lines and and do a little bit of fishing. Didn't catch a darn thing. And so we were out there fishing, and we said, well, we have no idea what time it is. And um, we've got like one flashlight. It's pretty dark out there. And so we said, we might as well go ahead and start going back now because the tide might catch us. And so we started going in. As we were going in, uh, we realized that we reached a point that the boat would not paddle any farther and so we had to get out and we had to push. And I, um, I have matured over the years, and I wear these things called shoes now. Uh, but there was a time in my life where all I wore was $1.50 Old Navy flip-flops. Um, and that's what I had in the boat with me. And walking on a creek bed uh, with Old Navy flip-flops is not the best idea in the world. And so I found myself um, cut up eventually by oyster shells along the riverbank, and uh, it, it, it left me scarred, and um, I've, I've still got a couple of scars 
from that night. And I just remember as we, we sat hopelessly, thinking maybe the water would pick back up and we'd be able to float in, as we would try hopping out, pushing the boat a little bit, just thinking to myself how dark it was and how alone we felt and how we knew that there was not a single person that would hear us if we cried for help. And uh, through a miraculous turn of events, uh, we finally got close enough to the bank where we were able to get out, and uh, one of the guys decided to wait in the uh, boat. He had gotten a uh, preferred beverage of his choice and just decided to wait it out. And so he uh, eventually floated in as the sun broke above the horizon. We were out there pretty much all night. Uh, but I just remembered in that moment thinking that, that that was a perfect metaphor for the type of experiences that we have in life. A lot of us live in a sense of darkness. We live in a sense of hopelessness. We live with a sense that we are, there's no one that's going to be able to help us. And in the midst of it, we get scarred, we get bruised, um, and we're not sure if the light will ever break the darkness. And I believe that that is one of the things that Christ does as the mighty God, is provides light to the darkness, strength over the darkness. In the midst of our darkest moments, there's a light that breaks through. Second thing that I believe the mighty God provides strength over is weakness. Paul said it this way. Paul was describing a uh, a weakness that he had, and he, he described it as a thorn in his flesh. And he said that he had pleaded with the Lord multiple times to take it away, and, and the Lord would not take away that weakness. And so this is what he said, or this is what Christ said to him. My grace is enough for you, because power is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul says, so I'll gladly spend my time bragging about my weakness, says, so that Christ's power can rest on me. Therefore, I'm all right with weaknesses, insults, disasters, harassments, and stressful situations for the sake of Christ, because when I am weak, then I am strong. I've known many people over the years that have described uh, struggles that they've had, addictions that they had had, um, and how even if they were recovered, they still struggled with the temptation. Um, and Christ gave them the strength to overcome those things, and Christ gives them the strength to keep going. Uh, for me, one of my biggest struggles is when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with uh, ADD, and um, I really struggle when it's crunch time, and I have to write a paper, and uh, my mind is just bouncing all over the place. Um, and I feel like every time I have a project, a major project that I have to do, there's a point where I just have to give up. And I have to just say, Lord, if this is going to get done, you're going to have to help me focus. Um, and I would love more than anything for my ADD to go away so that I could be ahead of the game, so that I could be one of those people um, that you remember from college that would annoy you, that would uh, say, well, I've already done my rough draft like three weeks before it was due, and I'm thinking, my rough draft's going to be the final draft, and it's going to get done at the deadline. Um, but I, I would love to be in that place where I can get it done ahead of time, um, but I, I'm reminded each time 
um, that, that God gives me the strength to persevere and God gives me the strength to somehow focus at the last minute. Um, but we, we all have struggles that we deal with, and I believe that the mighty God provides strength in those moments in different ways to each of us. And the third thing is something that we see powerfully through the life of Christ, and that's that the mighty God provides strength over death. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty four and 55 says, And when the rotting body has been clothed in what can't decay... And the dying body has been clothed in what can't die. Then this statement in Scripture will happen. Death has been swallowed up by a victory. Where is your victory, death? Where is your sting, death? I believe that what Christ offers us as the mighty God is that in the midst of being a people that walk in darkness, light and life, Come to us. We sang about that this morning in our first song. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. That the darkness that we experience, the ultimate darkness of death that lies ahead, is something that for those of us in Christ, we do not have to face. It's something that we don't have to struggle with anymore because God, as the mighty God, is strong enough. To overcome that. But the beautiful thing that we remember every single Christmas, as we draw closer to Christmas, this is the, the day right before Christmas, the Sunday right before Christmas, where we focus on uh, the incarnation, which is a fancy word that basically means when Christ became uh, part of the human race. The incredible thing is that the mighty God step down. The way I would have done it is I would have thought, wow, I've got all this strength as God. I would come in and I would just rule with this sharp fist. I would make sure everyone bowed to me. But instead, Christ came as a humble baby. And Christ came as one to serve. And Christ came as one of us. The message translation says John 1, 14 very well. It says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous, inside and out, true from start to finish. Philippians 2, 6-8 says this, Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There's a story I heard one time that... Um, portrays this in a beautiful way. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Rich Mullins. Those of you who grew up in uh, youth groups in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, you'll remember uh, his hit songs, Our God is an Awesome God, um, Step by Step. Um, we would consider those cheesy now, but they were blockbuster hits um, in the early 90s, in the, the early days of contemporary worship music. And Rich Mullins passed away unexpectedly. He was in a car wreck in the late 90s. 
And when he died, there were all these stories that were told by people who knew him. He was this peculiar character. He uh, lived kind of a strange life he, for a period of time, even though he was making a considerable amount of money uh, through record sales and songwriting credits. He decided he was going to live at the poverty line for an entire year just to have the experience of what um, some of the poorest people go through. And very early on in his career, when he was just starting to make a name for himself in the Christian music industry, not a lot of people knew what he looked like. This was before everybody had a Twitter account, and uh, it was before the World Wide Web. And so you didn't see these people's faces blasted everywhere. And they have an award ceremony every year called the Dove Awards. And at the Dove Awards, um, it's kind of like the Christian Grammys. And it's like any award show. They've got events going on in the main auditorium. And then there's a backstage area where there's all this food set up, a big banquet. And there are all these festivities throughout the weekend, uh, different dinners and, and things like that. Well, at his very first Dove Award, it was the first one that he had been invited to, um, he went in and he had his tuxedo, he, he was ready for the big event, um, but what he did w- was kind of interesting. Um, he went and he found somebody that was a server there, and he walked up to him and he, he said that they were about my size, he, he wasn't telling the story, but someone was telling it about him, that he found somebody who was about his size, and he walked up to him and said, I want to trade outfits with you. And so he, he traded outfits with the server, and he went and he spent the rest of the night in an event that was supposed to honor him among others, and he spent it um, busting tables, serving drinks, uh, being a servant. And what he told the guy uh, with the, that he gave his tuxedo t- was, I want you to go um, enjoy this event in my place. You probably work a bunch of these. I want to serve and give you the opportunity to be on the other side. Uh, It's this beautiful picture of, I believe, what Christ did for us. He came and he took on our clothes and he said, I'm going to go through what you go through. I want to experience what you experience and I'm going to do it all because I want you to experience the life that I have to offer. And it's this beautiful image of a mighty God that despite being all-powerful, despite being one that could rule and just walk in and command uh, with the power of the force or whatever he wanted to use, that you just simply obey his every command. But instead he chooses love. Instead he chooses to come and to serve and to offer his life us so that we may have life. And so this morning as we prepare to um, share in communion together, uh, I invite you uh, to spend some time reflecting on that gift that comes to us, that gift of a mighty God that stepped down to offer strength to us to offer life to us. And there might be things that are a little harder to manage in your life than opening a jar of expired caramel topping from Kroger. There may be things that you have tried to deal with over and over and over again, and you can't seem 
to get, make any headway. I believe that this morning, this altar is open to all of us who need a mighty God to intervene in our lives, to offer the strength that we don't have, with power over the darkness in our life, with power over the weaknesses that we have, and power over the death um, that awaits us all, except for those of us who are in Christ. And so this morning, I invite you to receive that, to surrender whatever it is that you don't seem to have any strength over anymore, and let God minister to you in this place as we celebrate communion together.